Hi, I'm Chip Sutterth, and welcome to episode 465 of the Two Minute Time Word Podcast, concentrated commentary on the worlds of Doctor Who. Last week's finale of Doctor Who Flux didn't exactly meet with universal acclaim. It's been a polarizing series in a polarized age, and I procrastinated on posting my podcast about it because, in part, I don't handle polarization well. When critics, fans, and friends hate something I like, and in the end I did like Chapter 6 and Flux as a whole, I sometimes have an immature reaction. I feel judged or out of step with other people, or if I feel like the criticisms are unfair or too broad, I zap back to my childhood and remember being picked on for my tastes. Now that's not critics, fans, or friends' problem. It's mine. So I took a little more time to think about Chapter 6, rewatching it with a little distance. Flux was eight pounds of plot in a six-pound bag. I almost said story, but as I said last time and has been frequently discussed about this series, plot and story aren't the same thing. In the end, though, I got enough story in Chapter 6 to satisfy me. The Doctor had choices to make, how to save the universe, whether and when to unlock her past, and how to relate to Yaz in a very moving scene at the end. Because I was already on board with most of the plot elements, the direction, and the acting, those were the minimum elements necessary for me to accept Chapter 6 as a worthwhile conclusion. But there's more that I loved. Chibnall and Whitaker's spin on a multi-Doctor episode delighted me. If the Doctor had been too reactive in previous episodes, having three versions of her driving the action, that was a strong corrective. I loved Bell and Vinder's reunion, Professor Jericho's sacrifice, and Diane's gumption. Finally, I loved seeing all of these characters, and more, converging. In the end, this was the most crowded of TARDISes, and I believe enough deposits were made for each of these characters to have a purpose there. This episode was hardly perfect, and neither was Flux. It's space opera at the most ludicrous scale yet for Doctor Who. And for whatever reason, scaling it back to accommodate the shortened series order wasn't considered. So, 7 billion Lupari are ejected from airlocks in the space of two sentences. We add the destruction of the Centauran fleet to those of the Daleks and Cybermen without much concern. And for that matter, those itty-bitty fleets are somehow enough to satiate a flux event that has been devouring the universe. But, oh yes, the Ood tried to somehow reduce the flux, and Chekhov's passenger form was there to vacuum up the remnants. As with the rest of this series, there's enough hand-waving and explanation to hold the ride together. But if you were looking for more than that, you were disappointed. And with so many characters running around, they may have had a purpose but you didn't always get to know them, and sometimes that was at the expense of the stars of the show. Were Kate Stewart and the Grand Serpent essential to the finale? I don't think so. Many of these faults aren't uniquely Chibnallian failures, however. Bell and Vendor are classic pseudo-companions. Their stories are self-contained and sufficient, so I don't get the assertion that they're pointless characters because their unborn child is merely their unborn child and not a baby doctor. As for the blind eye to the destructions of the Centaurans, Daleks, Cybermen, and Lupari, I direct you to the Seventh Doctor blowing up Scarrow. As for the lunacy of a shield of seven billion Lupari fighters protecting the Earth, which somehow still benefits from the light of the sun, I direct you to the Tenth Doctor towing the Earth with his TARDIS. 
Doctor Who Flux features antagonists who perceive a false distinction between time and space when physicists from Einstein on have assured us you can't separate them. You have Tecteun and Division, and arguably the Time Lords as a whole, on one side trying to control time, and the Ravagers on the other trying to unleash it. Goofy, yes, but it also resonates with me during a time when much more bitter and poisonous political polarization is happening in our world. In the middle is the Doctor, who stands for life, progress, preservation, and freedom. That's the hero I want her to be right now, set against the world we live in. Doctor Who Flux is also about entropy, breakdowns, aging, struggling against the inevitable, including the inevitable departure of the 13th Doctor. That's the other thing that I see in the real world, withering and corrupted institutions, as compromised as the TARDIS was this season. On the biggest, most ludicrous stage possible, we got to see the Doctor stand against entropy. This series was compromised. It wasn't always cohesive, logical, or deep. But it was cohesive, logical, and deep enough to suit me. They did good. And who knows, with three specials to go, maybe they'll do better. Speaking of entropy, one of my old professors once argued that you can find all kinds of entropy in relationships. Next time, I'm going to talk about entropy again and what it has to do with Phasmin. Meanwhile, more episodes are at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com and I am on Twitter at numeral 2 Lord. Please drop me a line. Talk to you next time.